All right, as a kid, I used to love when my parents would sit down and play a game with us or do any activity. And right here in our hands, we have the KiwiCo box, which is the activity of all activities for young kids. The colorful chemistry set, to be specific. So with Drew and Jet and Bear, we try to have really intentional playtime. And that's hard because they're all different ages and kind of in different developmental kind of phases of life. I love with KiwiCo that each month we get boxes specific to their ages and kind of like the activity development phase that they're in. So each box, this one's the colorful chemistry set. Um, this has to do with science, but especially with Bear, it can be really hard with a four month old to know like how to interact with him where he needs to be at four months old. And I love in these crates, they actually have cards that say, here are activities or things you can do specific to Bear that will help him identify colors or whatever it is. I love KiwiCo. There's always something new for kids to discover, like learning about the science of ice cream, engineering robots, or doing science experiments, which our kids have loved yes. recently. Sean is currently holding, as she said, the Colorful Chemistry Kit, which has provided hours of entertainment for our kids. They look forward to their new crate every month, and this one kept him really engaged. We got to experiment with mixing oil and water, mixing different colors, and watching how different things react. It was so fun. We basically created our own little chemistry lab with the kids, and we could feel their excitement when they got to play around and mix things together. Plus, it barely made a mess, so it was really quick to clean up and to use again another day. It can be hard to find creative ways to keep your children engaged, challenged, and off their screens, but KiwiCo does the work for you, so you can spend quality time tackling projects together. Redefine learning with play. Explore projects that build confidence and problem-solving skills with KiwiCo. Get 50% off your first month of any crate at KiwiCo.com when you use code COUPLE. That's 50% off your first month at KiwiCo.com, promo code COUPLE. If you're faithful and if you know what you're about, you don't have to worry about where is your partner at this point in time. There's so much growth to, to take place. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Couple Things. With Sean and Andrew. A podcast all about couples. And the things they go through. Today, we have an awesome couple who has, I feel like, done it all. Rita and Marcel Onyx. That's right. You've probably seen this family on YouTube. They have over, combined, 6 million YouTube subscribers. <laughs> they get close to... Three and a half billion total views in mm -hmm. all. And they're everywhere. They have a podcast called The Onyx Life. They have their hands on a lot of things, including a new cartoon. Yes, that's what I want to talk about on Amazon Prime. And it's scripted, illustrated, produced, and voiced by the entire family, including their children. Yeah. Which is amazing. Yes. And when Sean says their children, she's talking about their four kids. All, fun fact, mm -hmm. have a name that starts with S. But we really enjoy this conversation. They have an interesting story, Rita and Marthel do. Uh, Marthel was a pastor for mm -hmm. 17 years. And family therapist. That's right. Which is awesome. And then Rita was actually a nurse that ended up switching to YouTube and kind of learning everything on her own and expanding the family business. Yeah, and we love talking with people and families who do a similar thing that we do. And so we enjoyed this conversation with them. It was also interesting to hear their work relationship. So Rita is actually considered the CEO of all the different ventures that mm -hmm. the Onyx family takes on. But uh, we enjoyed this conversation, enjoyed getting to know them, and also enjoyed uh, their mission and their, their philanthropy. They give a lot to HBCUs, historically black colleges and universities, and uh, just think they have a really unique approach and everything they do. So Rita and Marcel, thank you so much for joining us. If you want to learn more about them and their family, we'll link their information down below. But 
Before we get started, if you haven't yet, please subscribe and rate the show on whatever platform you're listening on. I prefer to watch my podcast, babe. I don't. You prefer to just listen? I like to listen. That's right. So we do have our show on YouTube. We also have it on all the podcast streaming platforms. And side note, if you're listening to this as your first episode, I just want to say my voice does not usually sound this manly and deep. So sorry to disappoint moving forward, but uh, I don't know what the heck's going on, but it, I kind of like it to be honest mm, with It's you. weird. Anyway, side note, let's go ahead and roll into this episode with Rita and Marthel Onyx. Rita and Marthel, thank you <laughs> yeah. so much for joining us. It is a pleasure to meet you. I know we're just right up the road from you uh, here in Nashville. We should have done this in person, I feel like, but oh well. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, thanks yeah. for having yes, us. Yes, thank we're, you. Yeah. I, was, I was saying earlier that I feel like we need all of your advice because I feel like you guys are juggling a million things and kids and killing it. And I feel like our life is just utter chaos and we only have one. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it feels that way sometimes for us too. Yeah. Okay. How many, okay. how many kids do you guys have? We only have one, but we have another on the way. So well, congratulations. <laughs> Thank well, you. let me Thank tell you. you, it gets easier yeah. when you have more. Really? Okay. I'm yeah. not going to lie. You're the first person and first people <laughs> to tell us that. Yeah. Everybody no, else is like, oh, Lord, you better. No, just- it is so true. I mean, when you have one, that child wants your attention. Yeah, and rightly everything. so. You know, you're their world. And once you introduce a new person, that person, they start, they're start like best friends. Joining wow. together and you can put them in a room. <laughs> makes sense. Makes sense. I do feel like we have so much to learn from both of you because not only uh, are we in the same world of YouTube and this content creation, but also, Martel, I know you were a family therapist for 15 plus years, something like that. And so I'm curious um, your take, if we'll just jump Mm -hmm. right in here on, it is kind of complicated raising a family and also being YouTubers. So Mm -hmm. what is your advice to us, if you don't mind sharing? Well, you know, raising a family, actually, I was, I was a marriage and family therapist. Rita was a nurse practitioner, and she had her, her own practice at, at one point in time. I was also an ordained minister for 17. I saw 17. that. Yeah. Right. I feel so, like we could do 12 podcasts just on those <laughs> resumes alone. Yeah. <laughs> right. So you would think that as an ordained minister, where the bulk of my focus was on marriage and family and family values, you would think that things would have been better or easier back then. And we Mm. had more challenges back then. Mm. We were working on our jobs like it was a nine to five. And we would, um, we homeschooled our kids their entire life. But the challenge was, is that we had to switch off. So because my schedule was a little bit more flexible, I would have the kids usually during the day, she's going and doing school. And then after she does school, she would come back and then she would take over. Wow. And so we weren't spending time together. Mm. She was burnt out. It, it, it was very challenging. But now, from the time that we started YouTube, we have been able to spend time together. We've been able to work together more as a family. So wow. I don't know. Ironically, it just seems to work out better. The best advice, I feel like, is what you guys are doing and what we do is to make it like a family affair. Right. You know, I think it's different when it's just like that's mom and dad's work. Not that you have to bring your kids in to it if you don't want to, but more just understand like, hey, guys, this is like a family business so that Mm. if you want to or if you choose to, you can learn about it. And then it becomes an inclusive thing. Yeah, it is. 
so interesting. We talked to Aloe Black and his wife, and uh, they had he and his wife had different views on this. He was of the opinion that, hey, my craft as a musician is something that my kids need to learn. Just like if if we had a farm as a family, the kids would help and learn how to, you know, plant seeds and, and harvest everything. The kids need to learn what their parent, dad and parents do. And then whether they choose to continue that on their own is, is a choice that they'll make later on down the road. But um, we certainly, as we navigate this, are just trying to do so thoughtfully. And I'm sure you guys are the same way. It's such a new phenomenon to be able to be in this world and share a family with millions and billions of people that there's no, I don't know if there's a right way or wrong way. There's only, okay, are we being thoughtful about this? And are we putting our family as a, as the top priority, you know? Right. And the thing, I, I really like that point. In fact, I've, I've shared that point several times as a marriage and family therapist. And now even w- within this context, there's been a longer time that society um, in society, families have been working together far longer yeah then we have not been working together. Tribes and we come together in villages and we come together as a family and agricultural uh, societies were passing on our trades, teaching Mm -hmm. them chickens, cows, whatever. And so I totally agree with that, that um, that when we're doing YouTube, it allows us actually more to be able to pass Mm -hmm. on those values and not only to our children, but Mm. also be an inspiration to others. Yeah. Yeah. And I I do want to emphasize what you just said, being thoughtful about the values that you have as a family that, and also that you're sharing with the world is so, I, I think that that's oftentimes overlooked um, as you know, YouTube drama continues to unfold (laughs) that there, what are the, actually think about the values that you let dictate your life and that you're also kind of now sharing with the world. So, yeah. I, I do want to ask, though, and this is probably going to be a very long answer, so please take as much time as you want. Um, coming from your respective careers before you got into content creation and the YouTube and everything within your family, I feel like within the careers that you guys had previously with the nurse practitioner and therapist, everything, you kind of got to see the best and worst of the world. Right. Now, on the creator side, I feel like you still get to see that. <laughs> um what have you first in that transition what were your biggest fears in raising and creating a family within the youtube or the content creation side and how how do those differ because i feel like society sees the traditional side so much better and they see the content creation as only negative whereas there's so much positive to it as well wow yeah i totally agree um I think that for me, as a mother, especially, my biggest fear was online comments, trolls, that negative energy. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that I told them from the get go, at first, I asked them if they wanted to do it. Then when they said, sure, I said, I will only do this if you do not read comments, like preach any comments. Mm -hmm. I said, they will. It doesn't matter if you read 99 positive and one negative that will ruin your day, your month, your year. So they said, okay, mom, I will do that. And to this day, 
they don't read comments. We don't read any comments on YouTube, except like if we pin a, po- a, a comment, mm-hmm. you know, we might see the one right under. And we do that not because we don't care about our fans, but just for mental health. It's just much more important. And I always tell them, I'm like, you know, prior to the social media age, I loved, you know, um, certain celebrities. They never responded to me ever because mm-hmm. we never had that option. We either watch Seinfeld or Friends or or whatever. Yeah. You know, we, we watch Marvel <laughs> movies and we don't expect them to be after every movie going. So what do you guys think? How do you yeah. like, like they didn't do that? but we love them for their craft. And so I said to them, let your fans love you for your craft. We'll have times where you can interact like meetups or um, if we get like an email, that's very different. Cause it's almost like someone really took that intention. I've maybe seen one or two negative emails out of like, you know, tons of positive ones. And it's yeah. usually like requests for from parents and things like that. So I, I wanted them to understand that there is a difference with interacting with your, um, with your fans in that way. Yeah. And I think that uh, I also tried to teach them that in this day and age, everything is turning online. So just like you guys were talking about with passing on the values and even the trades, I don't personally believe you can get anywhere without knowing online skills now. Yeah. So no matter what you do. Yeah. No matter what we do. So if, even if you were even if like, let's say I was still a nurse practitioner, I would know that a way to boost my business is to be online yeah. and is to have my business mm. um, show like my practice or the things that I do. Like I'd always think about like the Dr. Pimple Popper woman, yeah. Yeah. you know, like that has yeah. totally boosted a yeah. career. So I, I feel like um, there's a lot of people right now who see, I think, the benefit And I think when it comes to YouTube in general, though, because maybe there's a lot of young people on here who don't necessarily have, I don't want to say they just don't have the wisdom yet. You know, they just have that young brain. So they do a lot of things that maybe bring a negative connotation. But I think as society continues to age and mature into the social media, I just think the stigma will will continue to gradually go down. Yeah. To your point about the comments, uh, Mm -hmm. we did get advice from a mentor or a a perspective changer from a mentor who said, you know, first of all, Sean and I do think that as a whole social media provides a lot of positive value. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's a lot of good things about it, but to deal with so many people's not only suffering, not only, you know, the good things, but also so many people's opinions, the human heart and the human brain was not meant for that. You know what I'm saying? It's just, you you get overloaded Mm -hmm. and, and to scroll through hundreds of comments of people telling us different ways that we should be raising our, our kid is like, no, that's, exactly. yeah, yeah. You're, you're supposed to lean on your immediate community, your family, the people who are in your neighborhood and society. Anyway, Rita, I'm going to take your learned. advice because I'm the comment reader Sean, and we, I need to not be. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> we learned that. We learned that fairly early. Um, we just, we got married really young. She was, um, I met her at 18 and then we got married no, within the 18. year. She was 18. Uh-huh. I got married to her within the year. So wow. she just turned 19. So we were really young. Mm. And um, he was four years older, though. And I, I was four years older. But, you know, you know, us it's guys, we're not we're <laughs> yeah. not as mature. So we were probably at the same level, <laughs> yeah. 19 year olds. But yeah. um, but then, you know, we homeschooled. And when we homeschooled, everyone was like, well, why are you homeschooling? Oh, we're yeah. like, mm-hmm. Because we feel that we should be raising our children and we feel that we should be the one that's passing on values and teaching them about mm-hmm. life. And so yeah. I can't fathom. And we had the sending our kids too. 
And, yeah. I, and I like to emphasize that because not everybody has that option or even maybe the personality for it. So I don't hold it against them. Like right. you must, you know, everybody has to do what's best for their family. And for us, especially because we moved around a lot with him being a pastor. So it was like from district to district and then to the seminary, it was constant moving. And so the one consistency for the kids could have been homeschool. So that was another reason why we did that. Right. So I, my point was sort of like, we've always kind of like bucked the norm and not yeah. listened to how, what society was telling us. We made decisions oh, based yeah. on prayer. And right. Even when we left our, well, when I left nurse as a nurse practitioner, everyone was like, how could you do that? You know, Rita, that's so that you have, you'll have a job for life. And, and I let my, my certifications go because I was nationally certified, board certified, had all these things. And I was like, well, I work for my, I work with my family now. This is my business. This is my yeah. calling. And they were like, but you should have, you should have that safety net. And I mean, that's wise. But I knew too that I would never go back. Yeah. I just know, like, doesn't matter what YouTube and the algorithm does. Yeah. <laughs> this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sean and I have been open about our journey with marriage counseling, and it's been really helpful for us. We all carry around different stressors, both big and small, and it's important to sort those out so they don't affect your relationships. I agree. And therapy is such a safe space to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. We've been meeting with the therapist individually and as a couple, and it's been a great way to sort through any stressors in the week and have better communication about how we're feeling, which is hard to do when you're busy with kids. BetterHelp is an incredible option if you're thinking of giving therapy a try. It's all online, so it's convenient and flexible with your schedule. It's also nice that you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge, so you make sure it's a good fit for you. We would highly recommend trying it out. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash EastFam today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash EastFam. Okay, so Martha, you touched on this, and I would like for you to expand if you don't mind. You sure. met, or you got married when Rita was nineteen. I know that uh, Martha has Jamaican roots, actually yes. uh, related to Vice President Kamala Harris. Yeah, read that. It's pretty insane. And uh, you were also you're Canadian. Yes. And Rita was born and raised in L.A. How did you two meet? Yes. So we went to the same H, um, HBCU, HBCU yeah. out, oh, nice. out in Alabama. And so, um, and it's based off of our faith. So our denomination. And so we did share a lot of the values just for the fact that we're in the same denomination, um, Christian denomination. The challenge was there was challenges with yeah. culture. You know, you would think that, okay, two black Christians, Right. You know, that there you go. Magic yeah. is going to take place here. Um, but um, Caribbean, being of Caribbean descent, um, being raised in Canada, um, international influence on my life. And then her being raised as an African-American out here. You know, we, we had our we had our, our set of differences and mm. so, so challenges. But that's how we met. We kind of met in that way. And we and um Got married pretty quickly, it sounds like. Well, and got I was married say, pretty quickly. So, two part question to that. How how did you make that decision? Um, I feel like we have so many different conversations with people who are of the mindset that you need to date for seven years before you ever truly know a person and marriage is scary and marriage is something you don't jump into. What is what is the 
the opposite of that because I, I love your I love that you just dove right. You know, it's funny. We had a conversation about how we make decisions. Right. You, you want to talk about like the different decisions that we've made that oh, we made the leap it by of faith? faith? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, basically, you know, around that time, I was I had gone down to, to the HBCU with a full scholarship, but I was super immature. Like instead of going to class, I slept. I don't know why I did that, but I, you know, college, I didn't party or college. anything. And you know, that's the thing. It's like I wasted it on sleeping. And <laughs> I and then I ended up losing my scholarship. And um, I had met Marthel and I was trying to like thinking, like, what am I gonna do now? Because my parents were like, Well, you need to come back to LA. Obviously, you're not mature enough to be out there on your own. And I was like, Oh man, you know, um, I just started praying about what to do. He was about a year away from graduating. And I think for me, I was like, you know, I know that he is the one. And so I said to my family, like, no, I'm not going to come back. Even if I have to stay out here and just work and and, and just figure out what I'm going to do, um, I'm not going to go back. So we had conversations about where our future was. And so I feel like for me, I said, you know, right now, I would rather be with you where you go. And he was a little older and he didn't necessarily want to get married right away or anything. Mm. I want to establish, yeah. at least establish and myself financially first. Because, But yeah. me, I was like, hey, we're going to be together anyway. Let's, Let's do, it just together. do this together. And it was kind of like a leap of faith. Because, you know, I'm 19. I think, hmm, what's the problem? It's just marriage. And there, there is, there's something to that. <laughs> there's something to that. Because our first job together as a married couple we were making like five fifty each, working right. at a burger joint yeah. on campus. You both worked there. We yes. both worked there. Oh, you've been working right. together, huh? <laughs> yeah. So we've been working together but, for twenty odd years, yeah, like yeah. twenty three wow. years. First, starting making five fifty each, yeah. so that's like about eleven dollars. Right. To but now, we we're like you know now you know we're making millions you know every year. It just but but it just goes to show you if you're faithful and if you know what you're about. You don't have to worry about where is your partner at this point in time. There's so much growth to, to take place. Yeah, we grew up mm. together. We grew up together. So all of our mistakes, all of our challenges, we just learned together. So that's the upside of getting married young. There is yeah. another side, but that's the upside. But I say. yeah, but but to specifically say, I would say this, that I, I can honestly say I prayed about it, but I wouldn't say that it was the most well thought out wisest decision to get married <laughs> that quick yeah. honestly yeah. but for me in my life and the decisions that i've made i've made giant leaps of faith over and over and over again and that was just one of the first ones and everything continues to work out and although we've had our challenges you can almost like you you, you know you're like in a fork in the road you're going to have challenges if you get married early. You'll probably have challenges if you have a, at that time, we would have had a long distance relationship and I would have gone back to LA. Right. So it was like, pick your challenge. And for and me, want I wanted to be with mm -hmm. him. And um, I was able to go back to school. And that's the thing. I learned from my mistake. I went back to school. And of course I got straight A's again. Cause I was like, yeah, I'm not going to sleep this time. I'm going to go to court. I'm going to go to class. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing. Marriage for me, I feel was what I needed to actually grow up. And some people, maybe yeah. they don't need that. And that was just what I need. And I think God knew that. For me, I prayed. I prayed for my wife from the time I was young. I, I watched my father was a minister. I watched him have a great marriage. So I saw them dancing in the kitchen. They'd go off on retreats. My dad was a marriage counselor, so he would have retreats with the church. And so I just grew up just honoring the concept of family and marriage and love. And, and so for me, 
I went there looking for my wife. And when I found her, some of our first conversations were so steeped in, in her relationship with God and mine. Right. It was just like, yes, right. this yeah. is it. You know, I've been waiting my entire life for this and I, I'm not going to sit around and wait. Like I know what I want. So yeah. That's huge. I'm curious. So Sean and I just had a conversation about potential deal breakers and uh, being of the same religion. Is that a deal breaker or not? Or being of a different religion? What denomination are you guys? We're seven day Adventists. Oh, nice. Do you feel like uh, if one of you wasn't of that religion, things like it would have been more complicated to navigate the relationship? Definitely. I, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's, a, it's amazing. One of the amazing things would be to have Christ that that is a that is an absolute Christ, you know, <laughs> is the absolute. And so I think as long as the the common understanding of the role of Christ in our faith, mm. if that's there, that would be very helpful. Yeah. But then there are nuances in certain denominations that are yeah. strong strong nuances. They're, they may yeah. not be Christ because Christ is the pinnacle, <laughs> but. <laughs> But there's still strong nuances. And so one of the things that we do is we keep a Sabbath. We keep the Sabbath, which is on, on Saturday, from Friday to sa Saturday. Right. That has been so richly a part of our upbringing mm. that I think it would be very challenging for us to be with somebody else that did not share that um, because yeah. of just our understanding. Yeah. That was yeah. a big conversation we had within religion and deal breakers is beliefs aside if you are operating within your relationship under the same quote unquote rules and rule book, it makes things very, very complicated. And if you don't have those understandings and those values and you don't share that same pathway, it makes, it would make a long-term marriage very difficult to kind of navigate. N not, not impossible, but definitely yeah. maybe adds a layer of yeah. complication. Right. Oh, yeah. But yeah, I would say yeah. it would be impossible if there was no Christ wasn't in the picture. Mm. That means the absolute most to me. And that and that's a deal breaker for me. And I don't think I could I could navigate past that because yeah. um, it's just it, it embodies who I am as a person. So yeah. that, you know, that would be a deal breaker for me. But anything beyond that, I think it, it, it's workable because I believe that the Holy Spirit will be able to pull things together. Yeah. You're, uh, you're speaking about your young marriage got me thinking about, and maybe I'm just like a senile old man now, <laughs> okay. but I, okay. I do believe that marriage and having kids is not for everybody, but if it is for you, then the sooner you do it, the better. But it's, it's, it's interesting to think that like at a young age, there's so much immaturity to kind of work through that can really, mm -hmm. you know, cause conflict in a marriage. But when you get older and I don't know what the age is, maybe it's like 32, 33, where you kind of get set in your habits and like, you're kind of stubborn. And, and that also causes conflict when you're trying to look for a spouse. Cause you have to bend all these, you know, rigid routines that you might've built up over the past 13 years, post-college or, you know, post high school. And, uh, anyway, it just, it, well, I, I don't Maybe there's like a little sweet spot of... No, and we've had these conversations with people who have talked about how they met their person when they were 16, 17, 18, and they knew that they were like, they wanted to spend the rest of their life with them, but they couldn't get over this thought of, oh, I need to go live my life first and then I'll come back to you. Right. And it's just like, there's something so beautiful in marriage and love about going through those rocky, hard, uncomfortable times yes. and getting you know, into your thirties, forties, fifties, and being like, look at what all we went through. Yeah. And it just makes it so much more fun. It, it's it definitely really
Are you looking for a short, educational, and entertaining podcast your kids can listen to while you cook dinner, fold laundry, or just need a few minutes to yourself? Then check out Mysteries About True Histories by Starglow Media. It's so, so cute. I listened to a few episodes, and when it was over, I was like, dang, that was really fun. It's made by the creators of the hit podcast, Who Smarted, and the Netflix show, Brainchild. So these people know what they're doing. As a little background info, every episode follows Max and Molly, who have just been recruited into a secret order of problem solvers on an adventure through time, packed with puzzles, hidden equations, history, and laughs, making learning really cool. The series explores themes like the stories behind math, critical thinking, code breaking, pattern solving, and more. So it's perfect for kids ages six and up. There's a new episode every Thursday, each filled with so much laughter that your kids won't even realize how much they're learning. So tune into Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Hard, yeah. but it's fun. I remember I remember uh, there was a particular story where I was um, with my friends. Um, I was in college this was right before I met Rita, probably the summer before I met Rita. And um, I went back home to Toronto and my friend brought me to um, a comedy club. And whenever I'd come in town, he would introduce me to the friend of a girl that he is with or whatever. And then I would go with them. So I went to this comedy club with this girl. I don't even know who she is, but it was our first date, blind date. And then afterwards we sat in the front of the comedy club and the comedian was like, oh, look at this couple. You guys are a lovely looking couple. And he just, you know, he started to, you know, ask us questions. And then he said, um, oh, so you're probably can't wait to, for this show to be over so that you guys can, you know, get it on. He's suggesting. And yeah. I said to him, I said, you know, actually, um, um, that's not going to happen. I'm a virgin. I'm keeping myself for marriage. And I don't know. I mean, I was so bold in Christ that I don't know what I was thinking. I'm in a comedy club. That man must have thrown out his entire dialogue, whatever he had planned. Because oh, everything was about what on my body will be blue and this and that. And the people were cracking. Like they, they actually had a really great time. And oh, man. Uh, but I but I, I say this that um at the end of the day, I feel like I get the last laugh because 23 years later, I've been preparing for this. I've been preparing for uh, a marriage that is till death do you mm. part. And um, and so for me, I feel like I got the last laugh. I mean, they, they had a good time and I'm glad for them, but I, you know, I was ready for this. So your kids' names all start with the letter S. This was strategic or no? Not really. It's kind of like after the first one, you go, oh, maybe the second one yeah. should have something kind of like that. <laughs> and then, you know, you accidentally get pregnant a third and then fourth time. And you're like, maybe just keep the S's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, we were going to do the same exact thing. So we get it. Yeah. We, you know, you're it's liking funny. your first so much. You're like, eh, let's just keep going there. Yeah, let's just keep it like this. We're... we're Parenting is intentional, but there's a lot that's just kind of like you flow with it. Like, for instance, like I shared with you guys about having more kids. So the first kid that we had, Shalom, we had we had bags, we had strollers, we had swings, we had everything that you could possibly think of. And when we went out, we packed a car with the entire room. Right. By the second child, it was down to half the car. By the third child, let's just put it this way. By the fourth child, we had a plastic bag with maybe a couple like (laughs) tissues that we'd just grab, wipe Uh, the bum. You know, like it just like it was just 
MacGyvering like, it, basically. <laughs> That's hilarious. So, I think we're, we're already there. We're like, what do we... I don't think we need anything new. I think we're just good. Yeah. And the first one, it was like, we need to go get everything they make under the sun for a kid. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I do have a question, though, as it pertains to babies and your, like, the content creation world. Because we've asked a lot of different people who live within the YouTube realm how they navigate that world and everyone says it differently for us we have we've worked through five six years of doing this to where we kind of have our rhythm and our guidelines and our boundaries how have you guys made it work what are your um we don't go there we don't talk about that kind of like you said we don't read comments what are your boundaries to protect your family and keep your family time sacred to you well it's interesting um YouTube loves babies. So yeah. you having a baby, your, your, your channel will blow up. Right. <laughs> you know, I'll say that. But maybe you want to deal with it because... Yeah. Um, well, I think for me, the boundaries that I set initially... Well, we both actually said this, was that we wanted to give children an escape with family-friendly entertainment. We did not want to get political. We did not want to get spiritual. We did not want to get into um, just anything controversial. And we just wanted people to come and relax, smile. You know, um, we want to be able, people to be able to come to the channel and just do reruns, like how I do when I want to want to laugh. Sometimes I just go on and I watch Friends or something and just just laugh. And so I just wanted to give children that. So that was basically our our main boundaries, and we've been able, to, I think, to stick with that. Right. And although we do feel that there are moments though where our family may be called to say something and speak on a topic. So of course, last summer we made sure that um, we were also a part of the whole um, movement. And I think just the highlighting the topic of racism, see for us, we feel it every day, you know, we're black. So it's, it's not just, a trend for us. It's not, yeah, <laughs> it wasn't something that was highlighted for us more. It was just, yes, this is what we're going through. Right. So what we did last summer though, it was we added our voice to it to say, yeah, I have to give my children the talk when right. they're driving. I have to think um, when I move to a city, how will it be for, um, you know, especially Shiloh, my son, when he's driving around, right. I have to think about a lot of different things that maybe someone else doesn't. And so last summer we were able to talk about that, um, especially on our social media channels. Right. Um, and, and I felt like that was an appropriate time, but we don't necessarily like to do that, you know, right. with all of our videos or anything like that, because again, we there want need to be a safe space yeah, for exactly. kids to just be kids. There are so many agendas out there. And even, even within the race topic, like we fully understand that there are some people that really do not care about whatever dilemmas or challenges that are out in society. They just simply are using it as, as bait to get society pitted against one another. And we don't want to be a part of that. We, 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 we're not interested in that at all. Um, but like, like Rita said, like, um, so when there are moments that we can use our mm -hmm. voice in a responsible way, um, not getting a part of these agendas to tear down society, then we try to use our voice in that way. But ultimately, you know, like for instance, like today I felt a connection with you guys. So I talked about my faith and with Christ, but we really don't even, we don't really, even we don't, we don't really share that because we think that, the, that there needs to be a safe space for kids to not feel like they're being pushed in mm -hmm. a direction. Cause that's what I want for my kids. Right. When they go yeah. on, that's what it, I want. Right. It's such a fine line. Well, first of all, I appreciate you opening up and, uh, and sharing that. But with us, we, 
our content's for like 18 to 35 year olds mm-hmm. in the dating engaged, you know, newly married or new parents. And it's interesting when we have these conversations or bring people on the show who may share the same values as us or may not. My perspective is, I think to some degree, it's our responsibility to like vet whoever's on the show to make sure they're not pouring anything toxic, you know, out and and using our platform to do so. But also there's a certain level of responsibility that we give our audience to know like, Hey, we can have a healthy conversation with someone who doesn't share our Mm -hmm. same perspective or doesn't come from the same background, but it's a fine line between, you know, uh, opening up a platform to, to maybe something that someone else can't deal with Mm -hmm. and trying to teach people how to have a healthy conversation. So this is, this is a constant battle that we have. I'm not saying we do it right or well at all, but, uh, that's our, that's our intention, you know, wait, I have a lot. I'm not quite sure if the, if if we answered the question though, because I I felt (laughs) like the question was about you having a baby and how does you incorporate the baby into the, is that, was that the question? Boundaries in general. First, our questions are always up for interpretation. (laughs) So I always love how people take them. Um, Second, no, I I love how you answered that and how you guys guide your business and guide, because I think that speaks to your family and your family values and what you've taught your kids. Okay. Um, So no, I I think you answered it exactly how we asked. Okay, (laughs) Okay, great. (laughs) Yeah, loaded question though. As uh, CEOs and business operators of of kids content you guys are constantly on a mission to like you said put out content um for children that is that puts a smile on their face but within that you're teaching so much so Mm. much good what's the number one thing you want kids to learn Hmm. that's that's an interesting question well our mission is tell the story feed the soul make them laugh heal the heart and Mm. we really believe that Laughter is a medicine. We, we strongly believe in that. And so a lot is guided by making sure that we're entertaining them, entertaining mm-hmm. the children so that they have a safe space to laugh, a safe space to hear a story and be entertained by that story. And then stories have always moved people towards some type of action or whatever. But but it's moving them inertly. So it's not necessarily the stories telling you that you must do this, but it's inspiring the best out of us when we hear a story. A story generally does not direct you to do exactly what the story says. It really inspires you to be the best of yourself and how that plays out is gonna be different for each one of us. And that is our target. Our target is to inspire each child so that the best comes out of them, just like the way we parent our own children. We're not here to, we're a guide to our children, but we're not here to dictate to them what they must be. Mm. Um, And we believe that there is something inert in each one of us that kind of guides us towards, if we follow that guide, which is our giftedness and the things that are inside of us, we will be able to find ourselves doing things that are richly rewarding, as opposed to just having a nine to five, we would be in purposeful living. Well, yeah, I I hope that the kids who watch our family get two things that family togetherness. um, You know, I was raised like an an only child. Um, I I have siblings, but I wasn't raised with them. They're like half siblings. And I was raised by my grandparents. So when I had kids, 
I was under the impression that they would always want to be like always together all the time because that's what I've dreamed jumped of. Like if mm. I had a sibling, it would be like a sleepover every <laughs> night. Um, but they're just like, no, mom, like we do our thing and we come together, you know, at times and they're very, very close. And I want kids to watch who watch our family to see that family togetherness, but to also be inspired for entrepreneurship because these kids from the time we yeah. started, I taught them how to do, um, how to record, how to film, right. put the best settings on the camera, search engine optimization, how to make thumbnails, like everything about mm -hmm. the business we included and we taught them and we also made them official like partners in the actual company mm -hmm. so that they own it. So that I, I want kids who see them to say, wow, you know, I can maybe work with my siblings and maybe we can do something like this, mm -hmm. you know, if that's something that they want to do. So you know, entrepreneurship, yeah. family togetherness, and in just, inspiring them to yeah, just be there. Exactly. To use yeah. their talent. Everyone knows that finding the perfect t-shirt with like the quality and the fit is near impossible. I told you guys that I found skims while I was pregnant and now postpartum, I found the best nursing bra known to mankind from skims. Well, they've outdone themselves again because they now have the perfect t-shirt, especially postpartum with a changing body. I can guarantee you, you won't find a t-shirt like it. I love also that Skims has a fit for everyone from the long t-shirts to the cropped. They truly have like sizes and qualities and styles for every single thing you could want. So the cotton jersey t-shirt is the one that I'm talking about it is an absolute staple. I feel like I'm reaching for it literally every day, especially nursing with bear. It's breathable and soft and it somehow gets even softer and still holds its shape after every wash. If I could only recommend two of the Skims t-shirts, I would say the cotton jersey t-shirt, which I have in mineral, or the boyfriend t-shirt, literally in any color, are probably my two favorite t-shirts that they make. Shop the Skims t-shirt shop at skims.com, now available in sizes extra, extra small to 4X. After you place your order, select podcast in the drop-down menu, select couple things to let them know we sent you. Have a good one. I got to say on the, on the topic of laughter, I was watching the no phones at the table video and it's gold. It is. <laughs> I was dying laughing. So thank you for that. But I saw, I think it's on your website, Rita, you are officially the CEO of the company. Yeah. Can you talk about that arrangement? Cause I don't know if it's official in our arrangement, but Sean, without a doubt has the final say. So how have you guys op operated with, with, uh, that whole working together thing? You know, well, it's a, it's a, it's a funny situation because it was a transition for us being a pastor. And I was a sole breadwinner for some time. I, I played the role of provider. And the assumption is, is that somebody that plays a role of provider is the head is synonymous. sole provider head, whatever. Yeah. But like I was talking about, God has given each one of us giftedness inside. I believe that each person has some, some giftedness inside of them that drives them to be the best that they can be. What we discovered after I had transitioned from ministry and I went to support Rita with nurse practitioner, and then eventually the medical company that she had established kind of was, it was really difficult. We didn't see some things that, we didn't foresee some things that would be challenges. And so that's when we transitioned to YouTube. It brought out the absolute best in Rita as far as her skill set and her ability mm. to be really great. Mm. And um, and I had to respect that. I had to respect that because it really was her giftedness. 
And so we had, I think we had some challenging years, to be honest. We had some challenging years where it's like trying to figure out what does it mean to be the head of the household? What does it mean to? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because he says that YouTube dominates so much, or or I shouldn't even say YouTube, but just this family business dominates Mm -hmm. so much much. of our time that if I make decisions about the business, Mm -hmm. it affects everything. Everything. So So it could be from worship to you know going to the park to <laughs> what we're like everything because you're doing so much around the business and so um but we really, had some challenges with yeah, that but it really came about because it was um some it was my research and my idea and basically i basically structured everything um from you know from idea to um execution and i continue to basically help map out the future, um, partnerships, contracts. It's just something I naturally naturally (laughs) do. And he's just an amazing support. And, um, he, he's more like, he likes to say he, I'm the, my, I'm the, I'm the mind of the business. You're the brains, the brains of the business. And he says, he's the heart because (laughs) we do like the charity and the out and the, and all those types of things. And for me, I'm very much like, you know, all about the, the business side. And of I it. do all the cooking. I always have really done the cooking in the <laughs> house, you, you know, and feeding the kids. <laughs> We're so, lucky. So we have a situation where we honor, um, if there's a head, if there's a head, then the head is God for us. And then we honor the giftedness inside of each other. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I respect and submit to the giftedness that I see in her. And she respects the giftedness that she sees inside of me. And we honor that. And it yeah. works very well for us. It may not be traditional and it may not always make sense to some people's theology. But when we see the God in each other and we see that giftedness, we honor that. Mm-hmm. Well, I respect it so much. And I think that, uh, you know, we, we've had so many conversations with with couples who come in with these very rigid uh marriage roles that a husband and wife would play and one person feels slighted or kind of dominated over, uh, because they're not able to fully flourish, whatever their, uh, whatever their talents are. But I I think that that's such a big part of that first year of marriage is kind of understanding what the expectations are for, uh, you know, the, the marriage roles, Mm -hmm trying to learn how to communicate those and like work through the frustrations anytime there's not an agreement. And then also understanding that, gosh, it's, it's actually way more fun to let Sean, like we're, we're pretty much the same way. We're just like, mm-hmm. I, I'm totally fine letting Sean be the, the mat or, you know, be the rudder of, of everything because right. I'm able to then do what I'm best at. And there is, there was a certain process of me letting go of mm-hmm. that, like, Oh, the head honcho. She's still called Sean Johnson. You know, it's like (laughs) for me, I never thought that my wife, it's always, she's going to take my name, but I, you you work through that and you realize, Oh, it's okay. And you know, she can do her thing and I could, I could still be a man that (laughs) like one of our favorite things to talk about, about marriage is understanding from day one that things change and those roles will go up and down and change over time as people evolve and become parents and mothers and they work and they don't. And it's the same, like your marriage just changes. It does. And you go through so many different phases, but that's what makes it cool. And if you accept that at the beginning, then all those like rigid rules and kind of boundaries that you've put up, kind of just dissolve and it becomes this fun thing to just work through. I think things got much better for us when we felt safest in each other's presence and each other's Mm -hmm. relationship feeling safe feeling loved feeling mutual respect 
a mutual submission, when it was a safe space, then we felt like, whoa, I can, I can accept anything about this woman. I can even accept her heading the business because yeah. I feel safe. I feel respected. I feel loved. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, I respect that so much. Speaking of the business, I would love to hear about some of the projects you have going on. I know you have the Onyx family YouTube channel. You have the Onyx kids. You have Onyx mom and dad. You have the Onyx life podcast. And you <laughs> mentioned, you alluded to the, uh, the cartoon that was bought by Amazon. I would just tell us about it. I'm so curious and excited for you guys. Yes. Oh, thank you. You know, that's always been a dream of ours to have an animation of our family. So we actually partnered with um, Pocket Watch. I don't know if you know Mm. that studios. Um, We partnered with the Pocket Watch and there's a man named Alvy Hecht who used Mm. to be the head of Nickelodeon. So he's like the executive producer on the project. Mm. Same with um, Doreen Spicer who worked on the Proud Family. So in working with those greats and the studio with Pocket Watch, we were able to do all the voiceover work. Um, My daughter wrote the theme song and all wow. the episode and all the songs in each episode for both seasons. And our other daughter uh, so, wrote, helped to write and then, the episode. Yeah, and one of our other daughters wrote um, a few scripts for wow. each of the seasons. So, so we have a season one that is out on Amazon Prime right now. It was uh, released in December. Yep. And we already have a season two that will be out, that will be out in the fall. Yeah. That's Let's awesome. Go. Yeah, and it's called Onyx Monster Mysteries, and it's just about our family um, basically helping to save the monsters from humans who basically mm. would be too scared or too... Uh, right, like Bigfoot yeah. or the Sasquatch. Hunting them down. You know. And it's kind of like we give them a safe space on, mm. um, on an island. Atlas Island where we live. And it's just fun, silly. And, and we again, try to hear their story and understand yeah. why is it that everybody's so scared of them, Yeah, you know. You know, and just, it's just, it was, it's one of those things where it's like what we said, bringing a smile to a kid's face and the music is really fun. And it's just, it was just a really nice project and we really enjoyed doing it as a family. It's just another project that we could do. And it's just Mm. really cool to see our, our faces in animation. What is the, that, that is the animation is beautiful, by the way. Well done. What is the the message you're hoping to share with kind of, learning about these monster stories and why people might be scared of them. Right. So the interesting thing about it is, is that I grew up in the era and in a culture where very rigid, like couldn't even watch Scooby-Doo, you know, even though Scooby-Doo was fake, it was always fake. It was always like that. The monster is not really the monster. It was always, you know, we were not allowed to watch the, uh, you know, things like that. Um, With this cartoon, I think that we are so quick to demonize so many people. We are so quick to demonize others, to call them and and give them characterized names Mm. without really getting to know their story, without really getting to know them. And um, cancel culture. And on the other end, there is always um, kind of pointing the finger at there's always a demon. There's always this bad guy. And this is the bad guy. And him and all these other people like him. There's us and them. And we feel like this cartoon says, no, it's not us and them. Get to know people's story. Get to know, get to know, understand each other. Because I even said this, that even if somebody hurts you, I have learned over the course of my life that you love your enemies. You pray for those that persecute you. Why? Because they have a story. So we're not really fighting against one another. There is a, there is a, there is a tension and there is um, uh, an antagonist that is spiritual and that is on another level. 
And mm. so we have to look at each other as human beings, even if we feel that we've been hurt by other people. So listen to people's stories, get to know them, because we have more in common than some people would like us to believe that's trying to divide everybody. Yeah, man, what an important message. And I, gosh, I just think the more and more heroes and, and kind of cultural icons mm -hmm. that fall, I just think the more and more we need to realize that everybody, mm -hmm. whether you're famous or not, whether you're a great athlete or not, everyone has amazing qualities about them, but they also have, we're all human. We all have bad qualities yeah. too. Right. And just like realizing that no one is, it's not black and white. Like there, yep. a lot of people do a lot of good and, and a lot of bad. It's like, it's just confusing. It's complicated. And it's not always that simple. I would love to, uh, before we close out, if you could share, I know you do a lot of work with historically black colleges, uh, and universities. Tell us about why that's important to you. Well, we find that we are a product of historically black colleges and universities. So we're sort of giving back to the community that has yeah. sort of like given us our own opportunity. And so that's really important. So um, yeah. we, we are constantly trying to give back to institutions that I think is really trying to do something for the culture. Mm. We have some unique challenges within um, the African-American culture. And so we want to be a part of the solution. And mm. we believe that education is a major part of the solution of, um, you know, giving people the skills and the, and the resources to be able to get from where they are to where they need to be. Mm. And one of the things about education is it means that you're partnering with someone. It's not a handout. Mm. Um, you have to actually study. You have to, mm. you have to learn how to develop your own mindset. And, and so it challenges people to just be not to have a victim mentality, but rather to have an empowering mentality that I can do it, that I have the ability. And so we think the framework of education is a great institution to be able to give back to our culture and our community. Hmm. You guys have so much wisdom. I feel like, again, like I said at the beginning, we could do 12 more podcasts with you guys <laughs> just on every topic. Um, another kind of just question to, to wrap it up, I, even though I don't want to go yet. <laughs> My mind is, is racing. Um, with everything that you guys have learned within your marriage, within your parenting, all of it, what is the one piece of advice you would give or have been given um, that you would give to someone else who's thinking about marriage or relationships? Uh, for me, forgiveness. Preach. By far. <laughs> it feels so good to be forgiven when you've messed up. And I've messed up before and Rita's messed up, but I can talk for myself. It feels Rita, so is that true? Has Marcella ever messed right? up before? I'm like, yeah. I've messed up. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying, like, it just feels so good to be forgiven. And when I talk about forgiveness, it means that you don't necessarily deserve to be forgiven, but that you know, the whole process, I love the whole process of building back up the trust, you know, recognizing, whoa, man, that was dumb. Like, I don't even know where my head was, but I'm sorry. And now I have to do the work of building back up the trust. And just to watch whatever was torn down now is being built back up. And that person's actually giving you the chance. And it's like, that feeds into your deeper commitment to making sure that you never make them feel that way again. The whole thing is just brilliant. And I can't think of anything greater when I think about love than the concept of forgiveness. It's just a pinnacle for me. Yeah, mm. I think for me, um, one thing I've learned, especially getting married so young, is that who I am at, who I was at 19 is nowhere 
who about of who I am, where I am now. And I have changed several times, the wisdom, the experience, um, Myrtle has changed. Our marriage has changed. Like, I think my advice is don't get so stuck on how you feel right now. Try your best to just stick it out, get through it because mm. man, with, with time, like it, with, with age, things just, they just tend to mellow out. You tend to learn things about yourself and about your partner. And it's just not that deep. Because yeah. I remember we used to just go like toe to toe with oh, arguing. To I, I don't even have the energy for it anymore. So it's like, mm. you know what? No, let's, <laughs> let's we're gonna get along right now. I don't care what's going on. We're, we're gonna we're gonna move on. And so that's and and that is coming from someone like me that I was I used to have like just a hair trigger, like just be like, oh, yeah. oh you said that, and just be ready to go. And I already but, know it's going till four yeah. in the morning. Yeah. I already know. I already know. <laughs> I gotta preach. I gotta preach the next day, and it's just forget it. Turn it out the window, man. That's. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's oh. great. Well, Rita Myrtle, thank you so much for uh, giving us the time and the wisdom. Uh, look forward to continuing our relationship and congrats to, to everything you have going on. Um, you guys too. Link, Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. We will link uh, the cartoon and I'm going to link the phone video as well as your YouTube channel down below. But uh, it was great to meet you guys. Nice to meet you too. Nice to meet you guys. Yeah. Have a good one. All right, real quick for all of those listening out there, we don't ask for a lot of favors, I don't think, babe, do we? No. But we're going to ask you a favor today, all right? If you're listening to Couple Things Podcasts on Apple Podcasts specifically, will you please do us this short, quick favor? We want to make sure you're staying up to date with our show, and Apple's latest iOS update has paused downloads for many listeners, and some of you have expressed our latest episodes aren't being recommended to you on Apple Podcasts anymore. So here's how to make sure you're getting your episode. And again, this is for Apple Podcasts specifically. Open up that podcast app on your iPhone. Search Couple Things and tap Our Shows icon. And then in the top right corner, you might see a plus follow symbol. If you do, tap it to resume following the show. If you get a prompt to, quote, turn on automatic downloads, say yes. That way... You'll get all of the episodes. Thank you so much, guys. We're so glad this update was brought to our attention because we want to make sure we're reaching as many of you as we can. Love y'all, and we really appreciate you doing this.